Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. All right, welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. I am Matt. This is Cornell. We are your hosts for the night. Uh, Cornell, how you doing tonight, buddy? How was your I'm, weekend? I'm good. I yeah. Had a, had a little impromptu competition I signed up for about nice. five days ago. Nice. Heck yeah. Uh, had a. It was. It was something where it was an in-house meet that they were at the strength tank, and the women's session filled up real quick. Uh, but a lot of guys didn't sign up. Right. So they opened it up to everybody else and they're like, hey, if anyone wants to do it, like, and I just kind of jokingly said, you don't have to tempt me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so I signed up. Uh, my buddy Nick signed up and I had a, I, I knew that it wasn't something that, I mean, like oftentimes people are like, oh, are you going to hit big numbers? I'm like, I don't know, like whatever. It's, I'm <laughs> yeah. signing it up. I'm signing up for it because I enjoy the act of competing, not necessarily competing against other people, which I right. do like, but I like the competition where it's like, Hey, you get three attempts. People are watching and what can you do? And you're on a clock and there's all these other factors involved. And I don't think realistically people do that side of the sport enough. Yeah, I mean, we kind of had a brief conversation over the um, over the week about like kind of like the different levels of competition of where it's appropriate to be to go out and have fun and just do it for the experience and then where it's appropriate to go out there and, you know, win the competition and with mm -hmm. that mindset. And, um, you know, you, you put it you put it out there really well, which is like you know, under just, just understanding those two things. And I think that, you know, I've always understood it, but when I, you hear somebody else say it, it's like, okay, there's the light bulb. Like, you know, that makes sense. Like, uh, I don't know. And I kind of break it down to a little bit of like local competition versus national competition, right? National competition, mm -hmm. that's real game day stuff. You're going out there to win, right? I get that. Local competition, you're still going out there to win, but you know, you're kind of like, you know, I'm going to enjoy the experience while I'm out there or while I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. It's going to be a lot more fun yeah. with the smaller meat. Um, I've also told a lot of new people. I'm like, Hey, you like, you can tell the nerves are going and I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like there's people out here, but everyone knows you and they're all on your team. Right. But I got to be honest, this is going to be more stressful than if you go to like the AO series or if you go to something bigger like that Masters Nationals or something like that. And they're like, what do you mean? That's like national. I'm like, yeah. Right now, how many people out there in the crowd do you know? And they're like, well, the majority of them. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. When you go to AO2, AO1 or whatever, you're going to know like four people out there. Mm-hmm. And like when you're in the crowd watching people, you're not really paying attention. And they're like, I never thought about that. And it's a good point. So, you know, yeah, um, it's it's interesting that you say that because I was just like, you know, I'm bringing uh, my, my entire family is coming to uh, Reno. And this will be the first time that they have actually traveled uh, with me to uh, competition and especially at the national level. And. You know, they're like, I think in their minds, they're like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. There's going to be so many people there. And, yeah, there will be a, a, a fair amount of people there. There will be probably some grandstands. Um, mm -hmm. There will probably be some, uh, you know, more people than in a local meet. It'll be more spread out. There will be some booths, you know. It'll be a little bit different. But I was like, it's it's not what you think it is. <laughs> like, it's not going to be like massive crowds cheering. Um but when you go to a lo local competition, like, you know, people, you hear your name in the audience, you, uh, you know, it's a lot more intimate. It's a smaller venue. Most of the time you got people out there that you, when you're getting ready to like set up for a lift, you could look into the, you know, the out there and see people like faces. And I think that adds a different element to it. 
Um, you know, I, I have always enjoyed that when I walk out to a platform that I hear people cheering, that, mm-hmm. that kind of gets me going a little bit. That's fun. Um, and you get that more at a local competition do you, than you do a national. I mean, especially someone like myself or even a master's. Like, you know, it's, it's not like it's a, you know, a grand theme or like a uh, event is what I'm trying to say. Like, I wish it was, I, I think, I think it'd be cool. You know, like if the, like you had like grandstands packed around you and you're getting ready to go out and make a lift and people are cheering like that, that would be fun. Now, something I was really interested about, and this is kind of on the same topic, but like you, when I, I watched uh, you compete at worlds, and I've seen this happen a couple times where, you know, it's in a hotel conference room. Mm-hmm. It's in the conference room of a, of a hotel building. And to me, that didn't like feel like it should have been the level that it was at for Worlds. I was thinking like big stage, big backdrop, high ceilings, you know, m- music. And obviously, I'm watching the live stream, so maybe I'm not seeing what, what, what everyone else was out there seeing. But like... I mean, what what do you think about that? Like, what, what, at a world type competition, why why don't you think there's more? I've been, <laughs> I've been well. You've been to you were in Salt Lake City, right? Yeah. So that was definitely the big, the big room, the big auditorium. I think it was like yeah. a hockey stadium. Or it whatever. was totally yeah. That was fun. That that was a pretty cool setup. It would yeah. have been way cooler if they allowed people to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. <laughs> um but the at like Masters Worlds at Howard Cohen at actually when I was I was at Salt Lake City for Masters Nationals another year. And it I'm trying to remember that they were all at convention centers. Right. Um, right. Worlds was definitely at like a in a convention center, but more like a banquet hall room. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily as big as the other ones, but it doesn't feel if the the with only two stages, uh, the red, I think it's the red and the blue. Um, it didn't feel like the room was too small for the area. Yeah. Uh, it it feels appropriate. Um, I've been to competitions where it's just massive, like in Vegas, and it's mm-hmm. it's almost like the competition doesn't feel like it's a big enough thing to be there. Yeah, yeah, um, I hear. I see what you're saying with that. But then again, I went to real worlds, like senior worlds, in mm-hmm. 2017, and that yep. was in Anaheim at a convention center, and it was the same thing. I mean there were stadium bleachers or just there's kind of set up, but much more like high school basketball bleachers, not like, uh, not like the hockey stadium. Right. Right. That's interesting. That to me actually felt much smaller. Also, that was, I believe only one stage, like one platform. So then it's like, you're in that real big room with some temporary, because also you'd walk in and then you'd have to walk about a hundred feet, plus to get to the the seating so it's like okay all this is unused space and then they have this little like stage up there right and that that felt much smaller so yeah i mean you know i think we both listened to the same podcast over the week and and they were talking kind of about the whole um idea that that weightlifting um is a little bit different these days um i don't know if i i completely agree with what he was saying but or what uh, Max, it was Max Ada. Yeah. What he was talking about. Um, But then again, I wasn't in the sport then, so I don't really have a foot to stand on with that. Um, But, you know, when I, when I think of a competition, when I think of a national level competition, I, I do think of a big space, but you're right because you get there and you're like, Oh, cool. You know, you got all the, all the things here, but like, doesn't seem like the things like only people in the grandstands are the people that are, with the teams and lifting (laughs) and maybe some relatives that were local. But um, so in your opinion, like, I mean, does it really change the mindset? I don't think so. Um, There's been a couple of times where I've been at meets where there are like hook grip and ATG and yeah, 
um, sorry, people like that. Yeah. Like companies like that. And one of the big things that they will oftentimes say is like, oh, this is a ground level competition versus this is an on stage competition. So there are certain uh, certain competitions where the stage is two or three steps up and then you walk up there and do that versus uh, the platform is about maybe a foot thick, eight, eight to 12 inches thick. Yeah. And you just walk up. And so I know that there's definite differences in how the platform is set up. Um, it feels like a bigger deal when you have to walk up on a platform and mm -hmm. or up, or up on a stage. Uh, but I would say that I've seen more competitions where the platform is not level and the bars rolling around yeah. when it's elevated. Nice. I so see. It, what you're saying. it is much easier to level everything and to have the platform be sturdier yeah. when it's on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, you know, I guess, I, I guess one of the questions that just popped in my head right after I asked you that last question was like a, probably a better way to say it is at what point do you think uh, the mindset should change with the competition? Like, you know, are there multiple mindset or do you just all, should everybody always just have one mindset going into every competition? So my mindset in every competition I go to yeah. is that platform is 12 and a half feet by 12 and a half feet. Okay. That's the edge of your world. When you step onto it, that's it. Yep. There, it does It does not matter what's out there. Uh, it doesn't matter if there's a thousand people you know, if there's TV, movies, or whatever cameras going. Um, some of the stuff that can really throw people off also in some of these like senior meets uh, and also like the international stuff, the second you pull the bar off the ground, if you're not ready for it, you're going to hear the sound of the camera is going from potentially multiple directions. Interesting. So that's a sound that you need to kind of be prepared for. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got cameras on you. That's, that's a thing right there. Like, yeah. Interesting. Never even thought of like that, but, but I mean, yeah. Okay. So I guess mindsets, mindsets do change. Um, and you got to kind of adapt with the environment, but like, you know, let's take example for what you did this weekend. You walked mm -hmm. in, you did a train through meet. It was more like, you know, I'm not like going out here just to hit big numbers or qualify for anything. I'm going out, you know, to support my team, to support the, uh, the, the gym, um, and to make sure, you know, and just to have fun, you know, put the singlet on, have a good time. And, uh, so what was your mindset going into that? So I kind of, I hadn't lifted the heaviest lifts I've done since the competition about seven weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Kyle came down from Colorado and I think I snatched 145. That's the heaviest lift period other than a squat that I've done in however long since the competition. Um, I haven't clean and jerked over 140. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't. I think I snatched that 145 that one day, and I haven't snatched more than I believe 130 mm -hmm. since then. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, I know what I'm capable. I know what like what the quote unquote minimums would be. Like, I think we've talked about like minimums and maximums, and how I think people are all kind of messed up mentally what they think those numbers should be. But I, I kind of know what's the my minimum maximum I should be able to hit. Uh, not necessarily daily, but yeah. on a given day without training. And I basically hit those. I hit. I hit, actually hit. I was very impressed with what I ended up with. I okay. wasn't expecting to hit that heavy of numbers. Um, I ended up. I opened at. I opened heavier than I was expecting to. I. Open at 125, missed 135, made 140. And then I think I went 50, 60, 67. Okay. So I ended up with a 307 total without training anything hard or like <laughs> anything heavy. And <laughs> that's, that's a train through. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. But that's it's awesome. like, well, that, that's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so this is. 15 kilos under my best meat ever. Right, but this right. was also showing me that I, I know there's a lot of people who are like, I want to hit heavy weights regularly so I don't get scared of it. And so I know it's like, 
yeah that's just a mental thing if you can get totally. past that mentally you're capable of so much so i ended up hitting roughly like 92 percent of my best ever total six seven weeks after a, a big competition where i've just been trying to figure out how to get my body functioning again right <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I am definitely um, uh, guilty of being that guy that says I want to. I want to be able to feel the weight, right? I want to feel it before I step out there because you know it's quote unquote, uh, you know, giving me confidence. But um, that's where the kind of that that mental uh, toughness or men I'm going to say actually mental maturity comes in with specifically with competition and. Uh, you know, I've, I think I, let's see, I'm six years in the sport. I think for the past, I can, I average about three, I'm going to say on the average three, let's say maybe four competitions a year. And I still, you know, um, am altering things as I go into a competition. And that's, that's just me adapting and figuring out my way. But there is, um, you know, there's, there's a level of maturity that comes with each competition I do. Right. So, and each type of hurdle you have to get over. And so like, you know, I remember going into the last meet, I'm like, man, I haven't hit anything over 130 in the clean and jerk, you know, for however long. And I was kind of freaking out about it. Now, you know, I actually, I was working through an injury and I still, I competed, but at the same point, like, you know, I, even with an injury, I was, and you could detest this, I was powering, uh, you know, I, I powered 120 and it was the ugliest power in the world, but whatever. <laughs> like, I still made the lift and they counted it. And so that's cool. And I took second in my, <laughs> in the master's division, but whatever, like at the same point, like you just, sometimes you need, uh, like friends like you teammates to be able to remind you that, Hey, it's going to be okay. Right. You're, I've seen you compete. I've seen you get out there. You're going to do it because, one thing I noticed is that my mindset once I stepped on that uh, that platform to start warming up was like that bar was lightweight, man. It was <laughs> lightweight. And like so I've always had that feeling. And so like when you're walking into this and you're like, this is a train through me, you know, we'll, we'll see what I can hit. I haven't hit any big weights in a long time, but they were there. Like, do you walk away from that meet feeling like more confident? Do you walk away from that weight or that feeling like it was a success or like, yeah, that was just a good time. Can't wait to get to the next one. Uh, I was more not, not impressed, but I was more like, I'm, I guess I'm in better shape than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of like when you peak, you don't know how far you're going to come down after the peak. Yeah. Uh, because the, the whole purpose of a peak is to do the best that you can, but also you're going to sacrifice and ruin your body for it. And mm -hmm. then it's like, well, how, how much am I going to regress while healing and getting back into it? Right. Um, so even leading up to the, the week of like I hit, I was doing some three position snatches and real heavy front squats about a week before. And I just completely fried my back and I, was barely able to lift actually the whole week but i was like you know what this is kind of normal when i do those things to just feel all this pain and nerve pain and stuff in my back so i'm just gonna trust that it's fine and know that it's gonna be okay take the precautions i have to get the work done on my body that i need to right and then just kind of go in there and see how it goes and i trusted it and it worked and yeah, I, I like that i'm I, f I actually feel right now like yesterday was just a training day. I don't feel like I competed. Right. Like it was a, it was a big, you know, you know, a uh, big max out day or whatever. Yeah. Like you just went out there, you had fun. Um, now here's okay. So here's where I would get tripped up with all that. Okay. Uh -huh. And I'm pretty aware of this is that when I walk into a competition, <laughs> I'm like, my intensity, you know, jumps big time, my nerves, my anxiety, but also my adrenaline. And so being able to have the maturity to control that mindset to say, I'm going to stick at the weights that I said I was going to when I came <laughs> in here versus yep. you start feeling them and be like, oh, I'm going for it. And then you hurt yourself, you know, or something yeah. like that, you know? That's a tough thing. And I think that um, a lot of people 
I would imagine that's a pretty common feeling that when you walk into a competition, you're like, you know, oh, screw the plan. We're going for it. (laughs) (laughs) And it never, you know, it it sometimes works out. I would say probably not most of the time, but um, I don't know. I I just, I always find it fascinating to kind of understand the different levels of like, what what really goes into walking into a meet, whether it's a train through or to like a national or world level meet. Mm-hmm. I just I like that. I like the conversation. And um, I think it's it's there's a lot of it based off the individual, but there are some umbrella broad um, things that we you know that people can take and put in their suitcase and walk in there with because um people like you who have been doing this 12 ish years, 12 plus what I, I think it's somewhere around there. Um, you know, y- you have the knowledge and luckily you're telling us that knowledge. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> no, it was funny. Cause I had in my mindset, I was like, I, I think I signed up Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or no, Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Cause they said something about like, we're going to get the start list released uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. And if you know anyone who wants to sign up, uh, go for it. So I just was like, ah, screw it, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna add someone else to the competition. I'm gonna just have another person out there to, for people to watch. And in my brain, I'm like, I'm probably gonna. F- I'm, I, I had accepted and was 100% fine with me having like a 275 total. Okay. Like okay. finishing with the plan. So originally the plan was to power everything. Like power all the snatches. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying uh, that. Power the clean and jerks and then push jerk. Right. So I powered my I but I I ended up getting let's just say I was pressured into lifting heavier than I was hundred percent okay lifting. <laughs> but I was yeah. okay with it because it wasn't me saying, Oh, screw this, I'm gonna go show show everybody how tough I am and show like, right who I am. I was much more like, all right, whatever. Like that's heavier than I was planning on going and I'm not scared of those numbers. So sure. Whatever. Um, so I was planning on going like 15, 20, 25, or maybe 20, 25, 30, uh, and then 40, 45, 50 and ended up powering 25 miss 35 over pulled it should have put on realistically 40. Mm -hmm. Um, and then made 40 and the 40 that I made was a little rough, but, but whatever. Okay. And then I, I did stick to the power cleans and push jerks uh, for the first two. And then the third one, I'm like, this is so much heavier than I was expecting to go. And right. I haven't touched a number like this in almost two months. So I'm, <laughs> I ended up putting a belt on for that one. And then I just did a regular clean and jerk. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that I just kind of I went heavier because I was kind of expected to by both my coach and Nick. And yeah. was just, <laughs> Nick was like, "Oh, I knew you were going to go this light. I knew you were going to go heavier." I'm like, "I really was not going to. I was planning on like I was going to almost look at who else was lifting and then just be like, "Hey, let me lift against them buying them time." Like I mean, you know, peer pressure is a real thing. Just ask my daughter. We gave her $10 when she went to uh, some play the other day. She comes back and I'm like, what'd you buy? And she goes, about a drink. Okay. Where's the change? Oh, I don't have any. (laughs) What'd you do with that $10? (laughs) Well, my friends wanted me to buy roses forever. And I'm like, Oh my God. Anyways, but no, peer pressure is a real thing. And like, especially in a situation like this, you're like, well, I have the capabilities. So and I mean, you know, you walked away from it. Uh, I would say pretty darn successful. You know, you hit above 300. You don't, your body is not trashed, which mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that if it were me, I'd be like, God, I, I didn't want my body to be trashed after that. Like, that's not the point of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you probably, I would imagine um, you helped other people out at the, uh, at the meet with like, I, I think um, showing people like just by going and performing the lifts at the level that you do like that right there is like, you know, what, what you're doing is you're showing people how to compete. You're mm-hmm. showing people what to do. I mean, I remember my very first meet um, 
you lifted at the end of the last day. And then I lifted the next morning and we had met a couple times or whatever, but like, I was, I remember watching you, like I watched you, like, what, what, what's he doing? You know, how is he warming up? What is he doing? What, what's he doing? You know, 45 minutes before, you know, you were kind of like pushed against the wall, music on, not really talking to anybody like, okay. So, you know, and I was, I was my first competition. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was kind of a weird competition to begin with, but it was, you know, <laughs> it was like that round robin thing, which yep. was kind of cool. I got to admit it was kind of cool, but, um, you know, you know, so it's like, you know, there's, there's an aspect of that, that when you're, um, at the meets, you know, you're representing weightlifting, you're representing what you've learned and what you've done in the sport. And I think a lot of people, I'm, I would gather that a lot of people probably look up to you because of that. Maybe. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're, I mean, you're, you're a modest guy. I, I get that, but, um, you should know that I think that people do. And, um, there's a big value to that for other people on the team to see mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, uh, I know I've, I've learned a lot from you and, and, uh, I've, you know, I've learned a lot from everybody I lived with and, and it's just, it's one of those things and you take in the good, you, you, you know, you push away the bad and, and all of a sudden you're starting to form your own way. And I think that's a, that's a really good thing. And I think it's a great thing for a lifter to do. And it's because, you know, you have different levels at a competition, but, um, you know, on top of that, you were supporting the gym and the team, mm-hmm. you know, and I said that already, but like, that kind of goes into like this topic we were talking about with yearly competition planning and like, like what, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot of like, what do you have planned this year? But like, do you see yourself doing some more, you know, bigger competitions this year? Are you going to, you think you're going to branch out a little bit or you think you're going to hone in? Like what, what's kind of your idea? Uh, this year. So it was funny because on Tuesday, our discord group chat was going off because the SoCal meet, uh, the SoCal meet opened up for their spring, I think spring meet. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I have my own personal reasons why I'm not going to do it. None of them are, I mean, some of them are pretty dumb, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Um, This year, I don't really have any. So my, okay. My original goal that I had discussed with my wife is I was going to go full bore, give everything I had to weightlifting and then retire in 2021 at the the world games right right retire from competitive weightlifting and then just kind of treat it like a hobby like this is i mean much more like a hobby and not take it as serious and not sacrifice parts of my family and my uh marriage and just realistically my career and all of those things Mm -hmm. Uh, because the world games if you don't know what it is that is the masters olympics it is on the Olympic stage, the year after the Olympics are, they take place. Okay. Okay. So the plan was give it everything till then. And then kind of like back burner it, right? Like not stop, but not give it everything that. And maybe, was. maybe find a different way in the sport or yeah. something like that. Yeah, totally get that. And then COVID happened and all of that other stuff mm-hmm. and the Olympics were pushed back a year the the masters world games didn't happen i think that they did some digital online thing and i'm like no this isn't how i'm going down this this isn't how i'm going to end it (laughs) right so in my brain i know that i'm going to be four years older but i still see that the world games are next year yeah so this year again still doesn't matter next year we have worlds in Las Vegas, four and a half hour drive. I could drive out there the day before, compete and drive home the next, like the same day if I wanted to. Nice. Very easy, big competition to do. Yeah. And then, but then there's also world games. So that would be a real big, a, like the biggest meet that I've ever done. It would be extremely expensive. Like there's a lot of things like that involved. So mm-hmm. this year, the, it's just get better and more importantly, don't get hurt. Yeah. That's, that's the, I mean, that's like at the top of the list. Just don't get hurt. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I do have a handful of meets that I would like to do this year and nothing is, nothing is that big of a deal. Right. Um, I would like to come up to where you guys are and do one of the Joe Beck meets yeah, eventually. Cause yep. there, it sounds like there's a couple of those a year. Yep. There's one in Texas I would like to do at, uh, it's at the, a, it's at a, in a barn. And I was just like, that meat just looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I would just That's, like to go and experience that at least once. Who do I see? Uh, it's Tim Walker. He's the one that's, that's posting where yeah, he, Tim, he lives there. Yeah. Tim has done it and a handful of other guys that I know. Nice. Nice. Um, and then my buddy Davis, he lives out in, I think Dallas area and he just opened up. It's not a real, it, it's a real gym. It's just not a real big gym. It's about 400 square feet. It's got a two car garage attached to where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, I would like to go out there and I would probably like to go out to freedom weightlifting one more time this year. I haven't been there since worlds a year and two years ago, officially now. Nice. Um, so I, I have stuff that I would like to do, but none of it's like that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just like, this would be fun. I would love to get out there. No, I totally get that. And that's kind of where we were talking a little bit about the different levels of, of competing of whether or not, you know, you're just trying to keep in good shape, uh, a competition shape, uh, you know, have fun. Don't get, don't, don't get hurt. That's all really all it is. Yeah. I also weighed in at this meet cause we followed kind of my weight loss cutting down to one Oh two. I weighed in at this meet after having breakfast and two coffees at one Oh three point one. Nice. So the body weight is still off. I kind of figured out how to live in this body weight. I'm not saying I would stay there. Yeah. Um, but I definitely feel healthier. I feel better. I'm not as exhausted or just breathing as hard all the time. So um, this was one of the things that I said I wanted to do uh, when I left my last team is I was like, I want to go down and just be in a healthier position. Right. Right. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. I think that uh, having the awareness and, and being um, being able to see like, and feel like where you're at. Cause I was just going to ask you like, you know, at, uh, you know, did you feel better at, at uh, you know, one Oh, one Oh nine or one Oh two. And you answered my question for me. Obviously you feel better, <laughs> a little lighter and, and that's great. Um, I'm going up to one Oh nine. I don't know if you know that. I'm joking. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm jo- I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would get winded going upstairs if I went up to one. <laughs> no, yeah. Like daily life, I feel much better at 102, yeah. 103. Yeah. yeah. But lifting is it. I took a big hit. Did I mean, you? I, I okay. can I can feel my recovery, and it's not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I used to be able to go. I could snatch forty. I could go forty sixty five multiple times a week and yeah. be be good to go by Monday. Yeah. And now it's like I do that generally, and I'm. not not in that condition i mean it just it takes a much larger toll on your body yeah yeah you're 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 absolutely right there i mean i felt the difference between 96 and 102 and that's why i stayed at 102 is because that's where my body likes to live you know it likes to Mm -hmm. sit at about a hun like in between 100 and 101 and that's Mm -hmm. i i like to train a little heavier um i like to stay in 102s but it doesn't always happen you know i'm I'm also a guy that's, you know, my, my number one priority is I'll, I'll be outside of family, but it's like, I'm a chef first. I'm a weightlifter as, as a hobbyist and, and having fun and, you know, grabbing some medals while I'm at it, which is kind of cool. Um, but like, I'm on my feet all day. So yeah. it's like, I'm my metabolism. I'm constantly going and going and going and like, um, you know, the stress and everything. And like, so I think, Oh man, I would have to probably eat pretty, I would have to eat very either extremely strict or extremely unhealthy to get to 109, <laughs> one of the two. And either way, I don't think I'd feel very good doing it. So I'm staying, I, I like where I'm at. And I, I think that that's a good thing. Um, people should live or people should lift where their body lives. And uh, I mean, unless you're like on a world team and you're trying to make the Olympics, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. The yeah. whole, the whole topic of, of cutting is, is a whole nother podcast, but yeah. Go ahead. Now, if, if I'm in the, if I'm lucky enough to be able to do those meets next year, yeah. I'm definitely going back up. Like, yeah. yeah. I will definitely be a one on nine for those meets. Yeah. 
That's cool. That's cool. Well, uh, I'll tell you, you know, that was something, uh, something we, that happened. What was it last weekend? Uh, well, I guess that's maybe where this came from the team meeting that we had, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that was really neat. I thought that, uh, I thought our coach put together a really, really, um, detailed, like, you know, it was like a PowerPoint, you know, and I'm remote. I'm one of like, probably looked like four remote athletes. And then everybody else is down there at the gym. So, you know, they, it was at the gym. They had the remote athletes come in through zoom and it was just really well done. And I, I really, um, it was something that I was kind of yearning for a little bit of like, how do I connect with my team being a remote athlete? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've started posting a little bit on, on the, um, the four of the page that we have. And I just found out the other day that if I want to, uh, if I want to post videos, like I got to upgrade to a nitro or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> like you're out of space. And I'm like, that's dumb. So, uh, but like, you know, um, it was really cool. Like, and she talked about, you know, the, the, I guess the science behind how she programmed. She talked mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, the competitions and had people, you know, give at least a penciled in commit of like, I want to do this one and I want to do this one. And I think that key of like communication on a team remote or not is such a benefit and such a value to a team. Like that was huge. I, I walked away from that being like, I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> like everything's cool. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was really neat. No, I think that was good also because some of the stuff that they talked about was the meets they were planning to peak for. Yeah. And then if you wanted to do any other meets, you would have to kind of consider them as a train through meet because this last year, uh, the, Stephanie was very nice and she didn't put my name attached to a lot of these things, but I did a handful <laughs> of meets that were not in line with what everyone else was doing. Right. And right. she wrote different program for me and a handful of other people. Yeah. And just said that that was a lot of work and she doesn't plan, doesn't want to do that again. Um, yeah. Because it was like, she was right. There was the, the blue program, the red program, then the diverted program. Yeah. And I just so happen to always be on that diverted. All <laughs> <laughs> right, that's funny. Um, but she wanted to say, like, okay, as a team, this is what we're all going to plan for. Yeah. And if you want to do something else, that's totally fine. But have the expectations of you're not going to be in the best shape you've ever been in for this meet. Yeah. And you're not going to necessarily go as heavy as you want to leading up to it. Like there might be a couple little things like, Oh, on this day we're going to go here and this, but it's not going to be a full written out type of a thing. Right. And I think that uh, there's a couple different mindsets, but realistically, I don't think that it's healthy uh, for when you've been in the sport longer um, and you're kind of towards much more of like your, your later parts of what you're capable of, it's not good for your body realistically to peak more than probably three times a year. Uh, It doesn't mean you you're not going to lift heavy and it doesn't mean that you're going to um, not do well if you wanted to, to throw in a competition and see where you're at, but to actually put your body through that amount of abuse that you're going to do. If you go all in uh, your body's going to break down and um, we were on a team where they talked about like always being peaked and always being able to, to go out there and compete and lift heavy weights. And it's like, that's a great idea. But at the end of the day, you guys aren't ever lifting any more in a competition than you do on max out Friday, which is every Friday. Yeah. And it's like, that's realistically, that's all you're really capable of. Like a true peak is it's got months <laughs> leading up to it. Yeah. And it's going to train you how to be – there's different forms of the, the the program where there's a time where you're going to be hitting a bunch of reps from different positions. And there's going to be a time where you're going to uh, not be doing that much actual weightlifting but much more strength work. And then you're going to just – the different steps lead into like a very large peak, like a crescendo and whatever yeah. that is, music, where it just gets – to the very highest point. Um, yeah, I like that. And you know, something that, um, also you got to take in consideration is like this idea that 
you know, you have different levels of uh, different ages of athletes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we could talk about how like we're masters and we're still lifting and we're, you know, we go into our seventies and we're going to lift, but you know, the reality of the situation is, is our, our age does count. And that is a variable. And yeah, I couldn't imagine, you know, the, the idea of peaking like a full real true peak more than a couple times a year just seems like it would be a lot of, a lot of stress on the body, like you were saying, and especially the older you get, you know? Yeah. There was a little bit of talk. I mean, very little yeah. of me doing masters nationals. Yeah. And honestly, I was like, my body won't be ready for it. Yeah, totally. And there's enough other stuff coming up like shortly after that, that I would rather have my body functioning at I'd rather have my body functioning at 85% um, and having a good time at 85% instead of hitting something at a hundred percent and then have to drop down to 65, 70. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. You know, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate the, the conversations we have here because it's uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I learn a little bit, it's motivating. It's, uh, but it's also like you we're, we're talking in, in kind of this mature manner of like, you know, what, what is the best, what are we going to get the best results out of? Like, you know, and maybe, maybe the, the aspect we're going down is not always the perfect or the correct way. Um, and you learn that in the moment moment. And like I was talking about earlier, you just got to adapt, right? That's, that's what it's all about is just adapting to the situations and, nobody has the perfect plan or, you know, perfect anything out there in, in any sport really. Um, but especially not a specific, such a a niche sport like weightlifting, it's just hard to say like there's the perfect program or there's the perfect team or there's the perfect anything. Like we're all just lifters doing what we do and doing the best we can do with our bodies. And if something doesn't work out or something doesn't fit right, you kind of got to move on and, and find the right thing that does fit. Mm-hmm. You know? I, and I think there's people out there that may not hear that. Maybe there's not, I don't know. Um, but it's just the, that idea that like there's one perfect way, you know, I, and I've been hearing lots of like, you know, I, you know, I listen to the AI podcast a lot and I listen to like Seb and, you know, <laughs> weightlifting house is on a bodybuilding kick right now oh, i don't yes, know if you've are. noticed that but i'm like i kind of like it because but it kind of gets a little too technical for me and so i'm just like okay i'm gonna pull back on it a little bit but there and i but i like i like the variety right the variety is nice i so. just set it to double speed yeah so i can just get through it and i'm like i'm sorry guys but i like, love that yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm actually, I'm, I am truly interested in to see how, like, how um, it works out. Like if, if Seb's going to get through this bodybuilding thing and then go try to do weightlifting again, doesn't sound like he is, but yeah, it'd be interesting to hear about. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, just there, there's all this talk about out there that there's not the perfect program. And I, I just, I don't think there is. Yeah, no, I've, I've been under one, two. I've been on four teams yep. in a little over a decade. I've been lifting. Um, I've had four or five coaches. Uh, many of them are have been pretty different, like mindsets, and some of them they were learning as we were doing it, and others I came into it where they had the knowledge that they had, and. Um, this might be up for debate on whether it should is a good mindset or not. But part of me thinks that you should try multiple teams. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're just gung ho dead set on one specific style and one specific team, eventually you're gonna, if, if they're not able to adapt and try new things and kind of work with you in that scenario, you're only going to get so good following that type of a program yeah, and that, that type of a mindset. And it, we see it all the time. We've seen it with uh, Maddie Rogers and Kate 
whatever her name is now. <laughs> um, it's not Vibert anymore, is it? She got married. It might be back to Vibert. Okay. And then I think okay. she, I don't know if she's engaged. I don't know. <laughs> I can't keep up with these young people. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they they did great things. And then they, and it's like, I don't remember if they all, both went to the Olympics originally based on the original coaches or what it was. But then they switched teams. Yeah. And what happened? They got better. Yeah. And it was the first coaches taught them everything that they could teach them. And then they had kind of like, that's as much as they could get out of it. So then they had to go to a different outlook and a different mindset to try new things, to try to get you to do things you've never done before. Yeah. And then eventually that's going to kind of, you're going to top out with that. So then it'll kind of be time to move on as well. And I'm not saying give it three to six months, but give it a year or two. Mm-hmm. See what you can do. Um, coaches, if you have athletes like this, don't get all butthurt when they leave. Like um, most, of, most of these coaches, I think generally that are getting all butthurt on this stuff, they've been on dozens of teams. Yeah. Um, but then they don't want you to leave their team. Right. <laughs> and, you know, there's probably, you know, some pride involved in that. But um, at, at the, it's funny because I look at, I, I kind of, as you were saying, I'm comparing it to another aspect of my life, which was, you know, I would say for a solid 10 years, I was in a good amount of, you know, personal therapy, going to a therapist. And I remember multiple times, like I would get in front of a therapist and I wish I had the same one the entire time, but it's not like that. You know, your, your, you know, your trauma or your, whatever your issues that you're going to therapy for are, uh, specific to you. And there's only, there's probably a handful of therapists out there that are going to be able to help you, but there's also a handful that aren't. So like one thing I learned in therapy is like, if a therapist doesn't work, you know, slightly, you know, professionally say, okay, I'm going to go try this other thing. You know, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to look for a different therapist or, you know, maybe, um, I'm going to move on to, to a different way to see if I can get help in the way that I need it because uh, we're just not clicking or whatever, you know, and, and maybe that's a, it's a, that's a little bit of a dramatized uh, way to look at it. But like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're on a team, if it's not working, it's okay to move. Um, and you know, I, I've been on two teams, <laughs> so I don't have much, much uh, to compare from. So um, I like, I like the team I'm on now. Um, I think that, at the end of the day, we are all individuals and we are all humans and we're all going to find a reason of uh, complaining about what we have in the moment because that's what people do, right? Sure. Um, but if you can step back and look at the broad picture of things and say, does this fit for me? Um, is this working for my goals? Um, is this uh, a good fit with the personalities? Then then do it. But yeah. if, if it's not... The one thing that, uh, and my wife reminded me of this, and I, and I do forget about this a lot, no matter how obvious it is, you're paying to be on a team. Mm-hmm. That's your money. That's your decision. It shouldn't be a personal thing, right? If I'm going to pay somebody for a service and I'm not getting the service that is fitting what I want to be paying for, then why not just go to a, mm-hmm. find a different service, right? Yeah. If I don't know. If you're, if you're really into verizon and verizon doesn't have good service where you live it's probably going to be good to see if at&t works better or one of those other companies yeah and i think that that there's a lot of stuff just with emotions involved with things and um i think that the this is a is a real sticky thing i'm about to say but um (laughs) (laughs) the there should, I think that there should be a disconnect between being friends with your coach and being, I mean, having a coach and having a, being a friend. Yeah. Um, they have to be able to be mature enough to know that, Hey, look, I don't want you as my coach, but I would still like you as a friend and be able to maintain or to like move on from that and maintain a relationship. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that just can't do that. It's funny you say that because I had that conversation with Joe Beck Mm -hmm. and I was like, Joe, like, man, you're such a cool dude. And I I appreciate our friendship more than I, I I just don't want it to affect our friendship. Yeah. I value that more. 
And so that's why I've never joined his team. And, and it would be a smart thing for me to do because it's local. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they meet in a gym once a week. It'd be cool. Um, but like, I just, I, I value that guy so much. I'm like, he's my friend, man. Like, I, I don't want any, any other stuff to like happen while I'm on the team and, and affect that friendship. And so, and, and he was, he was pretty cool. He under, totally understood. He's like, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, we, were, we were friends first. So <laughs> Joe's very, very mature about that stuff. Like yeah. Lauren was on his team for a while. Yeah. And then she, she moved to Arizona yeah. And then instead of him being like, hey, you need to continue being on my team because we were semi-remote, like two-hour time. I mean, like two-hour commute. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, a weekly occurrence that she was lifting there. Right. Um, she was like, oh, which part of Arizona are you moving to? Hey, this is the gym you should go to. They have some really good coaches. Nice. Like you should, you should become part of that gym. That's cool. It wasn't like, I'm going to still program for you. I'm going to, you're going to send me videos, but you're going to go to this gym and you're going to pay me and you're going to pay them. Yeah. It was like, no, best situation for you to be in is over there. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good conversation and, you know, things that uh, give people to think about. And yeah, but uh, we have hit 51 minutes. Holy moly. (laughs) I know that flew by. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I like like always. It's nine o'clock's bedtime around here, so I got to get going. But um, I do want to give a shout out to my man Kirby, and just say, hey, go, "Go Niners, bang bang Niner gang!" And that, I, I promised myself that was the only thing I say about the 49ers on on the podcast, except for when I see the Theos watching and say, "I told you so." Um, but uh, everyone else, <laughs> thank you for listening, and. Um, Man, Cornell, great conversation. Like always, uh, I I say it every time. I value the hell out of your uh, your friendship and and just uh, being able to uh, lift with you and do all the things we do. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, well, uh, everybody, have a great night, and uh, talk to you later. Adios.